You're listening to the Sunday morning service from Harvest Bible Church. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Mark Butler. To learn more about us, please visit harvestbibleonline.org. Hey, if you have your Bibles, go to Ephesians chapter 3. I just want to share from my heart this morning. And I really believe in my heart that this is some things that we need to, we need to really get rooted and grounded in this because this is what's going to take us into uh, this next year. Uh, and, and it's real simplistic. You know, I like simple things. I don't like complicated things. I don't like things to be hard, you know. Uh, I don't like combination locks. You know, it used to be so easy because it was just three. You know, you go and go here, it was just three. Now every combination lock is a four. You got to go four times this way, three times this way, two times this way, and one time back. You know, and it's no fun. Uh, you know, you, you know. I'm glad that you know. You look at this and go, oh, "Give me the key. I just unlocked that sucker." But I, I want to give you some some uh, uh, some things that I really be, and they're just three simple things, but they're they're so profound that, and, and you know them. But I want to put you in remembrance of them because I want you to, to understand and get this, so you know how great your God is and how great God will be in your life. Amen. Oh, yeah. uh, you know, Greg always asked me for a title, so I'm going to give him three and let him pick. Okay. <laughs> You know, uh, uh, he, can, he can say three things or he can say, we want to reach his fullness or reaching his fullness, which simply means reaching God's fullness in our life. Because there are three things that we need to do consistently in order to reach the fullness that God has for us. And when I say fullness, it simply means being the person that God anointed us to be, being the person that God called us to be, and being the person that God wants us to be. Amen. See, in the Bible, you look at these things and you go, man, it's like you're looking at superstars. You're looking at all these guys, and yet, you know, we, they just wrote about the good things, even though they wrote about some bad things, but they really wrote about, hey, this is what we remembered, all the, the wonderful things that took place. But here in Ephesians chapter 3, Paul prayed. He makes a tremendous uh, a statement here, and he says, and I'm going to read verses 14 um, all the way down to verse 21. And I'm going to read out of the King James Version. I kind of just felt impressed to go back to that a little bit. And uh, just, I, I, so I don't really know why, but I just did. And so, hey, I mean, I have all kinds of different ones, but it's just, I felt like that. So verse 14 says, for this cause, I bow my knees unto the father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and the length and the depth and the height and to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. Amen. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. Unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. You know, I said there's three things. I'm going to give you the very first thing. You know, the first thing is, is what Paul declared and what Paul prayed for the Ephesians it is that we would be rooted and grounded in the love of God. Many times when we look at the love of God, we think, oh, how am I going to measure up for this? You know, I'm going to come from two different aspects today. One of the things about it is that we need to be rooted and grounded in the love that God has to us. Amen? That God loves you. You know, I say it all the time. The greatest little song that you can ever have in your heart is that Jesus loves me, this I know. 
Because when you know that God loves you and you know that that love is totally unconditional and that love, when I say it, God's going to love you no matter what because he, he sent Jesus to die for the whole world while we were yet ungodly. He already did all of these things for you. He already did the, go with me if you would over to 1 John chapter 4. And if I don't get done, I'm coming back next week. It's all good. We're going to have fun. So, uh, you know, but I want to get this to you because I want to, I want you to answer. There's three things that we need to grab. And the very first thing is we need to be rooted and grounded and settled in the love of God that God loves us. He's never going to leave us. So I'm going to give you lots of scripture. I'm going to share a lot of things from the word of God because we need to get you established. When you know that God loves you, it doesn't matter what anybody else says. You know, amen. If God judged you righteous, if God judged you faithful, if God said you're justified over in Romans chapter eight, then who cares what anybody else judges? Who cares what anybody else says? Amen. In first John chapter four, verse 16, it says, and we have known and believed the love that God hath to us. God is love. And he that dwells in love dwells in God and God in him. Herein is our love made perfect that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. I love that verse. As Jesus is right now, seated at the right hand of the Father, so are we in this world, seated at the right hand of the Father, operating by the Spirit of God here in the earth. Amen? Hallelujah. And this is, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear hath torment. He that fears is not made perfect in love. We love him, why? Because he first loved us. Hallelujah. We've got to have a real knowledge of this. You've got to have a real knowledge of how much God loves you. And that love doesn't give you the capacity to sin any more than what grace gives you the capacity to sin. Grace gives you the ability not to sin. Love gives you the ability that you don't want to break God's heart. You don't want to do anything that would cause any problem. You wouldn't want to do anything. So people want to take hold of things sometimes. You know, it's amazing how many people want to use scriptures to benefit their life in the sense of how bad it is. Amen. People say, well, if God loves us, then no matter what I do, he's still going to love me. Yes, but you're not going to get blessed. You're going to cost you eternally. It's going to cost you. Amen. It just does. That's what the word of God says. But why, is, why do we, well, we have to settle that God loves me. And with that love means I can get forgiveness. With that love means I can get strength. Amen. Now go with me over to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and we'll look at the love of God, and we'll see, because we've got to understand what it is. It's amazing how many people don't know what love is. They think love, well, if I've got to walk in love, I've got to let everybody run over me. I've got to walk in love, and I mean, i just got to always be, you know, never having, you know, everybody, i just got to give everything to everybody else. How many of you know you're not going to walk in love very long? No matter how spiritual you think you are. Because you're going to get caught up in your spiritualness. And you're going to become a martyr. And you're going to become this who you think, you know, you're going to become, uh, it, 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 it's, it's not even, a, it's, it just becomes pride. Because you're going to think that you're victimism or because you're a victim, because you're doing this, oh, I'm just going to do this. And you're going to uh, try to be proud in those things. And it's, it's going to, inside though, it's eating you alive. No, walking in love. The Bible says that we speak the truth in love. You know, walking in love to my kids means I discipline them. I train them. Amen? It's because I love them. 
They may not like it. It doesn't matter, but I love them because I'm going to make sure, hey, you, you know, that's what goes on there, you know. And when we look at this, this scripture, you know, verse 4, as we look at 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and we look at what the King James, you know, said charity, but I'm going to substitute love because I'm going to read it out of the Amplified Bible, which makes us all a little nervous. But I tell you, if you get a hold of this, because not only is this the way, you know, we've always taken this and this is what I need to do, but let me just, let me just throw a little twist on this. This is how God loves you. So let me read this to you. This is how God loves you, all right? This is what God said. God says, love endures long. This is verse four. Love endures long and is patient and kind. God loves you. His love endures for you. And it's long and it's it's patient and it's kind in the midst of it because he's waiting for you to receive it, accept it, and walk in the light of it. Amen? Love, God, never is envious nor boils over with jealousy. Amen? You know, isn't it amazing God lets you do what you want to do, even when you do stupid things? Even though he told you not to, you know the word of God says not to, but you do it anyways. You know, love is not boastful or vainglorious. God's not going to boast about himself and he's not going to be, he doesn't have to. He's God. He already does all those things there. God's love does not display itself haughtily. God's not going to think, hey, look what I'm doing. God's not withholding it. Love is not conceited or arrogant or inflated with pride. Love is not rude or unmannerly. Love does not act unbecomingly. God's love in us and God's love for us does not insist on its own rights or its own way. For it is not self-seeking. It is not touchy or fretful or resentful. Man, y'all ought to shout on that one. Aren't you glad God's not touchy? Like some of your friends, some of the people around? Oh, oh, he looked at me wrong. He didn't say hi to me. Oh, my gosh. He just walked right by. He didn't do that. Oh, they forgot to tell me. Oh, aren't you glad God is, is not touchy or resentful? Hallelujah. Man, I'm glad God's not touchy. Because, boy, you get in a lot of trouble when, you know, the people who are just touchy. Hallelujah. You know, and I'm so glad God's not resentful because how many of us, we, all of us have forgotten God at times. Look at this. God takes no account of an evil done to him. Love takes no account of an evil done to it. Love pays no attention to a suffered wrong. Aren't you glad? Glory to God. God's not holding your iniquities against you. God's not holding all the promises you made to him that you didn't keep. I mean, the wonderful thing is, guess what? God's not mad at you. Here's another wonderful thing. God is not disappointed in you. God has more faith in you than you have in yourself, and God believes in you more than you believe in yourself. And God's waiting for you just to accept what his word says and take hold of it. Accept the love of God. Accept it and begin to walk in light of it how to, and want to do what he says that he wants you to do. Amen? You know, it does not rejoice at injustice and unrighteousness, but rejoices when right and truth prevail. Love, God, bears up under anything and everything that comes, is ever ready to believe the best of every person. Its hopes are fadeless under all circumstances, and it endures everything without weakening. Love never fails. It never fades out or never becomes obsolete or comes to an end. God will never fail. He never fades out. He never comes to an end. Amen. Hallelujah. God's with us and for us, and he wants us to understand that. Now go to Romans chapter 8 and verse 31. 
I got to establish this before I get to the next two because if you don't know that God loves you, the next two ain't going to work. And you, listen, if we understand where we're going into this next, you know, how many of you know, you know they're going to continue to keep fear bombarding you? They're going to continue to try to bring things out. There's always going to be something new. There's going to be something else. Always something else. There's going to be something else, something else, because they're trying to control. They're trying to stop. And when I say they, it's the enemy. It's the devil. That's, it's what he does is through fear. You have to understand, anything that, that brings fear is not of God. Perfect love casts out fear. If you don't understand fear, because if you don't understand love, you're going to be in torment. It's going to mess you up. It is. But if you know that God loves you and you're on God's side, and when you're on God's side, who cares what anybody else says? Glory to God. Says, you don't understand. Say, well, you guys think you're this. Yes, I do. We are the church. We're the body of Christ. Hallelujah. God loves us. Hallelujah. We're in charge. (laughs) Amen. We're the ones in authority. Hallelujah. Glory to God. This is well, what makes you say that? You guys remember the story of Paul, right? He's on the ship. He's a prisoner. See, they everybody thinks they're trying to make us prisoners and to be afraid to do things. Okay? Well, Paul was a prisoner till the storm hit. See, because the storm's still coming, folks. It's just still gonna, the earth is gonna get darker and darker and darker. It's not gonna get, you know, rosy better, okay? The church is gonna get brighter and brighter and brighter. God's changing things around. God's bringing the wealth of the wicked into the, you know, uh, into the church. God's giving us so that the church can take care of the church. Amen? Hallelujah. And that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to be taking care of the church. Hallelujah. You understand that? That's what we're supposed to be doing. You know, we look at this thing and say, well, how, aren't we supposed to be taking care of everybody? No, we're supposed to be taking care of the church. And we've messed up on that for years. That's why we haven't been as powerful as we need to be. But that's okay. That's a whole other story. All right. But, but, but look at this right here. In Romans chapter 8, look at, you know, verse 31. It says, what shall we say to these things? Anything that's coming against, if God is for us, who can be against us? So when you hear things, you know, what am I going to, man, what are we going to say about all the, God is for me. Who can be against me? God is for me. Who can be against me? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justified. It's God that made you righteous. It's God that said you were set free. So who can bring any bond to you? Who is he that condemns? It is Christ that died, yea, rather that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? For as it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. No, nay, in all of these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded, I am fully convinced, I believe with all of my, I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. We can just stop right now and just shout. Hallelujah. It's a good thing. Praise God. <laughs> See, because who, what's going to separate us from the love of Christ? Nothing. Nobody. See, when you understand this, it brings three things into your life. It brings confidence, it brings assurance, and it brings a rest. 
It just brings you and say, oh, man, God's for me. Who can be against me? God's on my side. I'm on his side. Hallelujah. When we see this, we let love get perfected in us or we let that love begin to reign in us and we begin to let the love of God. Because when we know God loves us, it's so much easier to love everybody else. You know that? When you let the love of God and you know how much God loves you, you know how much God's forgiven you and how much he puts up with you, it's easier for you to put up with everybody else. See, because the love of God and God's love toward us never fails. Hallelujah. It always accomplishes its purpose. Love always accomplishes its purpose. God always accomplishes what he wants to do. Hallelujah. You know? See, things can, it looks like it can be formed. You know, we, we sing here, you know, the weapon may be formed, but it won't prosper. Amen. Isaiah 54, 17. No weapon formed against you can prosper. But I love the second part, the second thing in that verse. And every tongue that rises up against you in judgment, every tongue that, that begins to condemn you, every tongue that rises up against you in judgment, every tongue that begins to say things like, you get to condemn, you get to bring under, under and say, no, I take authority over those words. Amen. Amen. He said, no, no weapon formed against me can prosper. And every tongue that rises up against me in judgment, I shall condemn. Hallelujah. Amen. He says, because their righteousness is of me, saith God, and, you know, and they're my heritage. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. God says, I'll make them stand or I'll make them fall, but I'm going to make them stand. Amen? Amen. And we thank God for the divine love of God. If we don't understand, I mean, I could take this and we could teach for weeks and weeks, but what I want to do is get this across. The very first thing is we got to know Jesus loves us and that love, Romans 5, 5 says, the love of God has been shed abroad in your hearts by the Holy Spirit. First part of that says, God makes us not ashamed. When you understand that love, you'll never be ashamed. Amen? Never be ashamed. Because here's the second thing. The second truth that you got to, first thing is we got to be rooted in ground and settled in the love of God. God's love to us and that God's love in us and God's love so we can reach out and love others. Amen? Glory to God. Second thing is we got to have a clear understanding of the word of God. We got to know how powerful this word is. And you, listen, if you don't know that God loves you, you don't know how powerful his word is because when God said it, God will fulfill. When God declares his word, his word has to have a day of fulfillment. Amen. Isaiah 55, 11 says, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish the thing whereunto I sent it, and it will prosper in it. And if you take that word, that same word, any word of God that you begin to say and speak over your life, that word will go and it will not return to God. It will prosper. It'll do exactly what it says it'll do. Because you've got a right to take the word of God. This word of God, you've got a right to declare it. It's yours. Because you became part of the family of God. It belongs to you. Amen? That's why you could say, if God be for me, who can be against me? Because people always want to come in. Who, who do you think you are? How much time you got? Hallelujah. I'm blood-bought. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Jesus died for me. I accepted him as my Lord and Savior, and I'm in Christ. Hallelujah. So I'm more than a conqueror. I'm an overcomer in this life. His word is forever settled in heaven. His word goes before. His word, not one cross into the tear, one dot into the eye of his word will ever fail. His word has to stand. Amen. We take hold of the word of God, and it changes everything. Now go to John chapter 1. Let's get scripture for you here, other than all the ones I just quoted. 
No, I, because if we don't understand that God's word trumps everybody else's, you can take it to the bank. Okay? You got his word on it. You got a promissory note. Hallelujah. He signed, sealed, and delivered it. He signed it in, in the name of Jesus and covered it with the blood. Hallelujah. Paid for. Paid for. You know, people got really crazy, you know. You know you can go overboard on anything? You know. I mean, people got really goofy. I know none of you got goofy. Like, thank God you didn't get goofy like all these other folks. But you hear things because people got so wonderful into the grace and into, you know, being in Christ or, you know, having, saying, well, Jesus bought and paid for everything. So they were signing, you know, all of their checks, Jesus, and uh, signing everything that Jesus will pay for it, you know. You know, the funny thing about it, you know, when when we purchased all this, I had to put my name on the ground. I I couldn't put God. (laughs) Couldn't put Jesus Christ. I had to put my name down there. Funny thing about it is that, you know, they said, now you're liable. I said, wait a minute, no, God, God told me to do it. He is liable. I said, yeah, I'm signing for him. Funny thing about it is I had to put my name down there. Amen? You know, when we look at things, people want to get goofy, but when you understand, wait a minute, God told you to put your name down there, then what God orders, he pays for God's going to bring it all to pass. God's going to make it all happen. Look at verse 1, John 1, 1. I could quote all these to you and I get excited, but I want you to set your eyes on In the beginning was the Word. In the beginning was the Word. What was first? The Word. And the Word was with God and the Word was God. In the beginning was the Word. So the very first foundation, we know that in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 3, that the worlds were framed by what? The Word of God. God is holding everything together by His Word. He said, let there be light. He said, let there be a day, let there be a night. He's held there. So when you get up and the sun rises, you know God's Word. Every bit of this Word is powerful. It's holding the whole universe together. It's holding everything together. So when somebody says, yeah, but that's just the Bible. That's just the Bible. You do realize they don't know what they're talking about. This Bible contains the written holy word of God that is empowered, that is supernatural, that has power, that every word of God is with power. Nothing is impossible with God. Nothing. I mean, God can supernaturally do things super, supernaturally. Why do you think Jesus, when the devil was defeating, or not defeating, when the devil was coming and attacking him and everything, Jesus said, you know, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone. Now, he didn't say, he said, you do have to eat because you got to take care of your physical body. But by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. That's how we live. See, if we don't understand God loves us, God loved us so much that he gave us his word. He gave us, we know that the word, because if you jump down to the 14th verse, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, the Lord Jesus Christ, and we beheld his glory as the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad you know the truth? I'd hate to go through this life thinking, man, what's the future hold? What are we going to do? I mean, what's 2022 going to be? I mean, how much, when is Jesus, I mean, what's going to go on? Without knowing, we know what's going on. 
We've got the Holy Spirit. We know the spirit of truth who shows us things to come. We know what God said in his word. We know these things are all supposed to come to pass, but we know God is going to be with us to the end. God is going to make a way where there may not seem to be a way. God's going to meet and supply all of our needs. God's going to do everything for us because he said he'd never leave us or forsake us. The word of God declares on his word. God cannot go back on his word. See, that's why he gives us the scriptures. He gives us his word. And he says, just bring it up before me. Just remind me. Put me in remembrance. I'm going to put you in remembrance. Let me put, put me in remembrance of what it is. We take the word of God and it changes everything. Hallelujah. Remember I said in Romans chapter 5, you know, it says, you know, God's not going to make you ashamed for the love of God has been shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Spirit. See, you can't be ashamed of the word of God and have the word of God work for you at the same time. Amen? Yeah. It doesn't work that way. In fact, go over, to, go over to Matthew chapter 8. You want to hear this? One of my favorite stories. Matthew chapter 8. Once again, we can just, you know, but you could, if you didn't bring your Bible, they, they try to catch up with me, but here it is. It's just Matthew chapter 8, verse 5. It says, And when Jesus was entered into Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion beseeching him and saying, Lord, my servant lieth at home sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. And Jesus said unto him, I will come and heal him. Isn't that amazing? Jesus, I'll come in. Ooh, Jesus is coming to my house. Whoa, man, Jesus is coming to my house. Everybody just back up. Jesus is coming to my house. Look at this. It's awesome. And the centurion answered, and he said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof. Speak the word, but just speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. Speak the word only, and my servant will be healed. Look at verse 9, one of the greatest revelations of faith you'll ever get. He says, for I am a man under authority. I have soldiers under me, and I say to this man, go, and he goes. And I say to another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled. You know, Jesus doesn't get to marvel. He doesn't marvel much. He marveled at this man's faith, and he marveled at the unbelief in Nazareth, okay? But he marveled, and he said, wow, verily I say unto you, I have not found so great faith. No, not in Israel. Do you know he had all of his disciples with him? Yes. Man, I want to, we wouldn't want to just be there. You guys, you get to hang out with this guy 24-7, and you still ain't getting it. Whoa, what's going on here, man? Golly, Jesus just smacked him right there. You know, and, uh, you know, in verse 13, it says, Jesus said unto the centurion, go thy way as thou hast believed, so it be done unto you. And his servant was healed in the selfsame hour. I mean, when you see that, you understand. But he said, listen, he said, you don't need to come. All you got to do is speak the word. And Jesus marveled. He says, you got it. And then the guy said, here's why I can speak the word. Because I know you have authority over words. And I know you have authority in the realm of healing. I know you have authority in what you're saying. And all you got to do is speak it and, I'll, and he'll get it. You know, he said, because all I have to do is speak, and they go. Why? Because I have authority. I have the whole Roman Empire behind me. If they don't do it, I have the power to put them in jail. So you have to understand, the word that God gives us is so full of power. So full of power. See, doesn't that make Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12 mean so much more? For the word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing and dividing asunder the soul and the spirit and the marrow and the bone and the thoughts and the intents of the heart. It's so much more powerful and so much more sharper and so much more awesomer. The word of God has penetrated. So when you speak the word, it, it, it's like it, just, it, it goes forth and it has power in it. 
You know, we look at this because if we don't have a clear understanding of how powerful the word of God is, we will allow the words of the world to defeat us. You know that, right? See, we can't be ashamed of the gospel. Remember what Paul told the Romans in Romans chapter 1 and verse 16. He said, for I am not ashamed of the gospel. For it is the gospel. The word of God is the power of God unto salvation. To the Jew first and also to the Gentiles. Amen. He went on to say, because there the just shall live by faith or the just shall walk by faith. We take hold in believing it. We've got to understand that God's word is the most powerful thing in all of everything. You know, Psalms 138 says he has magnified his word above his name. And his name is the name that's above every name. Amen. Hallelujah. I like, you know, when we understand how powerful the word of God is, we realize that when we let that word dwell in us in all wisdom, it brings life to us. It brings change to our hearts. Amen. We've got to understand this. So when you hear scriptures, don't ever say, oh, yeah, I heard that. I know that. Because what that simply said, no, you don't. You heard it. You know what the word say on those things but you haven't grabbed a hold of it. See, if you ever get tired of hearing John 3, 16, you've lost the joy and the power. See, every scripture that doesn't mean anything to you won't benefit anything for you. If it doesn't thrill your heart when the word, wow, I'm in that same line. God said he'd do this. God said he'd meet and supply all of my needs. God said he'd never leave me nor forsake me. God said that he's more than enough, hallelujah, in my life. Amen? Amen? See, God declared, he said all these things here, so we have to do it. It's the word that gets us born again. And here's something, too. This will help you immensely. When the enemy's attacking you, and just like the, you know, what was going on, what was being said, is that when the enemy's coming and doing it, and there's a battle, and there's things that are going on, do you know what he's coming? He's not coming after you. He's coming after the word in you. Because let me just burst your bubble. The devil's not afraid of you. Okay? But he is totally afraid of you finding out that Jesus loves you and you finding out who you are in Christ. He is totally afraid when you, feel like you start believing what the Bible says and start acting what the Bible says. He's like, oh, he's awake again. She's up again. Oh, boy. I wish she'd go back to sleep. Here's the thing. The word of God won't just benefit you if you just read it. And you need to read it all the time. You need to be reading it. But you got to put it into practice. See, you don't know how much faith you have. You don't know how much word is in you until you get squeezed. <laughs> Where the pressure's on. <laughs> you know, when you got a mountain in front of you. And see, that was the thing I think that kind of, even, you know, back, and I keep going back to what's transpired because we, everything has changed in our lives. And you've heard me say that, and I don't say this braggadociously, I don't say this proudly, I say this so humbly that I didn't understand my life until now. I really didn't in a lot of ways. You know, I pastored in the inner city. I pastored in the inner city of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, okay? 
city of three million people in the, in, in, in the, in the very difficult, you know, and, and ministered would say, I remember Pastor Hagin said this to me. He said, because when I told him I was moving out, he said, well, it's about time. I said, what do you mean about that? He said, he said, you've been to hell and back three times. There's nobody in the whole America's had more stories than you. Nobody's had to put up with what you've had to put up with. Nobody's gone through what you've gone through. I tell you, I was, I was feeling so bad. I thought, God, am I that stupid? I mean, did I, should I have quit long time ago? I just, I was just trying to get people saved. And I was just trying to help people live. And I was just trying, you know, and God was expanding. God built our church. God was blessing. God was doing great things. Hallelujah. You know, paid off the whole building. It was debt free. And every had plenty of things were happening. God was doing, but you know, but I just thought that was normal. You just had to fight devils every day. <laughs> You know, I, I just thought that was normal, but we saw people getting, you know, and the Lord just, he just he prepared, was preparing my heart. So when all of a sudden this happens, it's like, this is a piece of cake. <laughs> Big deal. It's, I mean, at least you're not bullets flying at you and knives being thrown at you and getting surrounded and threatened and all that. We haven't even got there yet. Praise God. <laughs> Someone says, you've had all that? Yeah, it's fun. That's good stuff. You don't know what you're made of till you know you're going to die. It's awesome. And then you decide, hey, God, how good are you? You know, I mean, God just supernaturally, and I can tell you story after story. But that's how I know I humble myself before God, because in the midst of it, I can tell you how great God did. But then when I got out of it, it's like, <gasps> I, you know, I'm just like, oh, my God, I could have died. I could have had this. But in the midst of it, God was like supernatural. And I didn't have to worry about what I had to say or what I had to do because God surrounded. God did it. And see, when you understand that, you understand the word of God. Now, in the next 10 minutes, let me share with you the third thing. Okay, you ready? Hallelujah. And this is the first one is we got to be, you know, rooted and grounded and settled in the love of God. Second thing is we've got to have a clear on how powerful this is. And you guys understand I can teach till Jesus comes and we know how great that is. But here's the key. This is what is going to determine how good the first two are is by this one right here. Okay. <laughs> you have to understand clearly about your ground. You need to know the stones in your life. How many of you know you can't plow through things if you got big tree stumps and stones? It's really hard to plant things if everything else is eating it up. So you've got to clearly understand that you're the ground and how your ground is. And you've got to understand that God wants you to be good ground. And the only one that determines whether or not you're good ground or not is you. You've got to take responsibility about it. You've got to decide, am I going to be good ground or am I going to be wayside ground? Am I going to be stony ground or, or, or am I going to be the, the thorny ground where everything comes around and I'm going to let everything else rob me of my things? Am I going to look pretty? Am I going to be, have a great looking leaves on but no fruit? And that's the most frustrating one because that's the way most of the body of Christ is. Go to Mark chapter uh, four there. Go to Mark chapter four and we'll look at it real quick. Some said, Pastor, now you're putting responsibility on me. Yes, I am. Praise God. Because you can't blame anybody else, me or anybody else, on how good your garden is because we're not planting your garden. And we're not eating from your garden in the sense of where if you're not sharing and doing, we could in the sense because God wants you to have such a big garden you can share. But uh, you got to understand how clearly about your own ground. Amen. We've got to do that. We got to know about our heart. 
And actually, I'm going to read this to you out of the New Living Translation, but I'm going to begin reading at verse 13. Mark chapter 4, verse 13 says, Then Jesus said to them, If you can't understand the meaning of this parable, how will you understand all other parables? Jesus taught in parables. He was trying to teach his disciples. He would explain. But he said, this is the biggest one. You need to understand this. If you don't get this one, you're going to be miserable in your life. You're not going to be able to get all the truths of the Word of God. So we got to get this. Okay? He says that, you know, the farmer plants seed by taking God's words to others. Amen? The seed that fell on the footpath or by the wayside represents those who hear the message and only to have Satan come and at once and take it away. How many know that's why the enemy is always trying to get your mind off of other things and get you so uh, bombarded? He's always trying to come and steal the word. The seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately they receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots... They don't last, or they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. Well, I'm going to believe God. I'm going to trust God. He's going to meet this need. And 10 minutes later, it's like, God, how come you have meet that need? Or an hour later, God, when are you going to meet that need? How about half a day? God, how come you haven't met that need? <laughs> when you believe God and we do things, it says we fought. Why? Because guess what? The minute that you decide you're going to believe God, the minute that you're going to say, I'm going to trust God, that God's word is powerful, the devil says, Woo, let's go test that sucker. Let's go see if he really believes that. Let's just watch things do it. See how much his love walk works here. Let's just see if he's really rooted and grounded in love. Let's see what God gives. You know, see, you know, watch this. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. Let's see, you know. <laughs> oh, everybody's quiet in here. Let's keep going. <laughs> the seed that fell among thorns represents those who hear God's word, but are all too quickly, the message is crowded out by the worries of this life, the lure of wealth, the desire for other things, so no fruit is produced. And the seed that fell on good soil represents those who hear and accept God's word and produce a harvest of 30, 60, or even 100 times as much as had been planted. You know, in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 9, it talks about that we are God's husbandry. We're God's, it really means that we're God's garden. And uh, since we're workers together with God in our garden, how did it, we are a field. The Amplified Bible says we are a field under cultivation. It means we have to determine to get some of the rocks. We've got to determine to get the, the tree stumps out. We've got to determine that how, this seed, what am I going to get a hold of? How do, I, how do I break up the fallow ground? How do I make sure that I'm good ground? How do I make sure I'm good ground? You value the seed. How you treat the seed determines the ground. That's the ground. How receptivity, how receptive are you when you hear the word? How receptive are you when you hear the seed of the word of God? What we do, hallelujah, you know, how we take care of the seed will determine how much it's going to produce in our life. Amen? And here's the thing. We determine the ground that the seed is sown in. What kind of response do we get when somebody says, okay, we're going to pray? Instead of it's come to, we're going to pray. Oh my God, it's going to pray. pray. There's nothing else but prayer. There's nothing else but giving the word of God. We're not going to find God. God said this in his word. I know that he said that. You know, okay. 
Are we going to trust this? Are we going to plant this seed? Are we going to cultivate this seed? Are we going to bring this seed? Are we going to make this seed produce? Hallelujah. Because let me just share something with you. There is never anything wrong with the seed. Folks, we've got everything we need to succeed. We've got everything, hallelujah, and there's no limit to the abundance of the harvest that we can have. Do not, I mean, I tell you, I, I am so convinced about this, even more so, more so. Just get what God did for our church and what he's done for us. And what God did, just, he just did it. It's amazing. You know, and, and, and God has ways that you haven't even thought of yet. God has things that he can do and he'll get, and what we have to do is to trust him and to believe and say, Lord, this is what you said, so this is what I'm going to honor. See, that's why Romans chapter 12, and we're going to close on this. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Another version says, which is your spiritual worship. Verse 2 says, be not conformed to this world. Wow, do we got to stop not conforming. We got to stop conforming. We got to be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Amen. Hallelujah. You do know that the next verse, verse three says, God has given to every man the measure of faith. It says, let a man not think too high of himself because God has dealt to every man the measure of faith because we need to have the measure of faith of knowing, hallelujah, that we can be transformed by renewing our mind of the word that what God's word says is higher than anything else of what anybody else says and we've got to realize why is it so high because God loves me God loves you and because of his love in me I can share his love to others I can share his love because God's word works in my life because he said so I can trust him. I can trust his word. He sent his word and healed him, the Bible says. Hallelujah. His word is forever settled in heaven. His word will not return to him. He said, I'm going to do these things. If we will believe it, God will bring it to pass. See, if we get settled in the love of God and we think this is the most powerful thing that we have in the universe is God's word is so greater than anything else and that we're good ground. I've planted it. It's growing. It's growing. I'm about to get the fruit. It's growing. It's growing. I mean, many of you have gardens or you grow things and you can't wait to see it bloom or you can't wait to see you eat the fruit. You see how, you know, and, and you know it's growing. You can see that it, because you're out there picking the weeds out of it. That's what you got to do in your heart. A weed is when doubt comes. A weed is when fear comes. How did you? You got to say, because why? Perfect love casts out fear. Perfect love casts out fear because as Jesus is, so are we. Glory to God. I can't get any higher spiritually than I already am right now. I'm seated at the right hand of the Father. Now I can grow spiritually so much more. I can grow in the things of God. I don't know all that I'm going to know. Thank God I'm learning all the time. But my spiritual position is in Christ. Hallelujah. God's already got it. I'm a citizen of heaven. I'm walking through this earth. I'm not a, I don't live here. I live there. Glory to That's my home. I'm coming back with him for a new heaven and a new earth. Glory to God. I'm not bound by this right here. I'm here because I'm here. Hallelujah. Because I want to see people saved. I want to see people strengthened. I want to see people finish their course. Hallelujah. That's my goal. That's what God's called me to be. But glory to God. Hallelujah. I'm going to be good ground. Good ground. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we honor you. Lord, I, I just, 
I just shared what I believe you told me to share this morning. And it, if it didn't bless anybody else, it blessed me. I preach me happy. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Just more realization, more understanding. Oh, I love you. And I thank you for your great love that you have not only for me, but for everybody here. God, you so loved the world that you gave your only begotten son. You gave us your best. How you gave us everything so that we could have eternal life. So amazing. And your word is being fulfilled right before our eyes. We see the fulfillment. It's such an amazing thing. And yet because we see it and we've seen it and what has happened, but yet we need to take hold of it. No, yes, we don't need to stand in awe or stand back and look. We need to take hold and run. Hallelujah. We need to take hold of the truth and begin to rise up and speak it out and declare it in our lives and speak out that we are good ground. And that the word of God, the seed of the word of God, the ever living seed, the incorruptible seed that we were born again by, that same seed is working. That seed of the word of God is being germinated and it's growing and it's going to be full and we're going to be able to eat the fruit thereof. Oh, Father, thank you. Thank you. Father, you said that if we had faith as the grain of a seed of mustard seed, which is the smallest of all the seeds. But when it's planted, it grows up and becomes a big tree. It it becomes so big that the birds of the air come and they make their nests in it because it's so large. See, the seed sown grows up. It grows up and it becomes greater. And what Jesus was saying, that seed sown in our heart grows up and becomes greater than any obstacle. It grows up greater than any sickness. It grows up and it grows up greater than anything that we're facing. And so, Father, I thank you and praise you for Harvest Bible Church. Thank you for these folks that are so amazing. They're so awesome, so wonderful. And, Lord, I I thank you for your hand upon it. Thank you that you brought them from the north, the south, the east, and the west. You brought them from all over because they need to hear the word of God and take it out to their neighborhoods, to their family, their friends, and, and be that light and be a shining light that touches lives. Father, our hearts cry as people be born into the kingdom of God, that people would know Jesus Christ as their Lord and as their Savior, but not just stay there, but they would grow up, grow up in the things of God, that they would be built up and they would be strong so that they can go out and reach others also. Father, I don't know everybody's heart here this morning, and my heart is is that everyone here be born again, everyone here be saved, everyone here be a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. Everyone here know in their heart that if they were to die today, they would make heaven and miss hell. That they truly can know that for sure. So as our heads are bowed, our eyes are going, if you're here and you don't know that, whether you've you know, received Jesus before or not, but you're not sure of your salvation. I mean, if you've never done it, we know where you're at there. You need Jesus to be the Lord of your life. But if you're here, you say, you know what? I'm not sure. You can be sure. It's simply by a prayer. It's simply by believing. It's simply by saying, I'm going to plant that seed and I'm going to take hold of it and I'm become a new creature in Christ Jesus or I'm going to forgive myself because 1 John 1, 9 says, if I confess my sins, he's faithful and just to forgive me of my sins. And all it is is, Father, please forgive me. And I receive Jesus as my Lord and as my Savior. But if you're here and you want us to lead you in a prayer, somebody, I don't really know how, raise your hand real high. We'll, we'll pray with you. We'll pray with you because we love you. I love you. God loves you. You know, I know I've been preaching to the church and I'm preaching to all those because that's what God's called me to do 
is keep the church saved. Keep the church going forward. God's called me and he's raised me up for a time for this is to keep and be a voice that we're going to finish and we're going to finish and we're going to bring back the king. So Lord Jesus, thank you for all those that are here. Thank you for all those that are watching and all those that will watch. But Father, my heart's cry, my heart's desire is that we'll be the lights. We will be rooted and grounded in love. We'll be settled in it, your love for us and we'll also let that love flow through us. But Father, also, we have a clear understanding of your word. Your word is the most powerful thing we own. It's seed, and it's seed, and it's an incorrupt, it can't be corrupted. The seed, it's an ever-living seed of the word of God. And Father, thank you that we are good ground. I declare that every person, they're good ground. The good ground, the seeds are growing and producing, and they can eat the fruit thereof. Thank you for it, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You're so awesome. And Father, I just thank you for Harvest Bible Church. As we go out these doors, Father, I thank you and praise you. We go out into a mission field that every person we come in contact, they will ask the reason of the hope that's within us and we'll be able to share Jesus Christ, how how great he is, how wonderful he is in our lives. Lord, thank you. Thank you, Father. I just honor you for it. And it's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen and amen. Thanks for listening to this podcast from Harvest Bible Church in Stockton, California. If you live in the area, we would love to have you join us at one of our services on Sundays and Wednesdays. You can check us out at harvestbibleonline.org for location and times. We hope to see you soon.